Hello, and welcome to Because I Fell Asleep in Class, the podcast where three family members share facts that you may have learned had you not fallen asleep in class. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Casper. Hi, guys. Hello. So you're at my house right now. (laughs) I know, a special treat for our listeners. We're recording together. No, kind of. We're all in separate rooms. (laughs) Well, that's only because we don't really like each other. Well, listen, you may be family, but that doesn't mean I have to like you. Nah. We just came to eat your food and leave. I know, I know. No, it's Christmas, so Merry Christmas to everyone. And by the time this podcast come out, it'll be New Year's, so Happy New Year. Yep. (laughs) Happy holidays. Happy. Today is actually Kwanzaa, so Happy Kwanzaa. Oh, there you go. There you go. Boxing Day. (laughs) Yes, yes. So Tomorrow happy- is Tomorrow's what? Tomorrow is Granny's birthday. That's yes, true. So happy birthday, Granny, even though you'll never listen to this. <laughs> so did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it could have been better. <laughs> mm, I feel that. Did um Santa bring you everything you wanted? Yeah. Santa and uh my mother in law. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're two very nice people. What? What'd you say, Casper? I said, how about yourself, Tiff? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know what? I'm not even going to touch it because I don't want to hurt her feelings. She already feels bad enough. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I-, I was the forgotten child this year, but it's fine. It's fine. What? Did they tell you what your second present supposed to be yeah well i guessed it my mom mom asked me what i thought it was and i guessed it what is it it's money it's exactly what i asked for so i can buy my own thing oh cool yeah the favorite child was forgotten oh shut up (laughs) it (laughs) happens every once in a while hard to believe huh Uh uh-huh christmas miracles do exist Wow. Wow, I want to think that's a miracle, you asshole. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to just jump right into, today we're talking about uh, West Virginia. I'm going to give you the first fact. All right. According to the National Archives of West Virginia, um, okay, the West Virginia, by the way, this is going to be a really long one because there's like a whole thing into it. Okay, so it was ratified oh, by voters on shut up on November twenty sixth, eighteen sixty one. In May of eighteen sixty two, so less than a year later, Senator Waitman T. Wiley submitted a bill S three sixty five to Congress for the admission of West Virginia to the Union. So, I mean, I guess a little backstory, and you guys can put in a little bit more input than me because. I don't know. I'm not very good with facts, but um, even though this whole podcast is about facts, it's fine. <laughs> um, West Virginia and Virginia used to be one, and then West Virginia wanted to branch off because they had their own like uh, op- opinions, kind of, about everything. Um, do you guys have anything like to add from that? Like, I still have more on my segment, but I didn't know if there was like more information that you guys had. Oh, my facts aren't related to that, so 
Okay. Oh, yeah. Mine aren't really either, then. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'll just go with my... Okay, so he then proposed an amendment to the bill calling for West Virginia to amend their constitution to include the gradual emancipation of slaves in the state. So that's kind of what it was. So West Virginia obviously, like, wanted to get rid of... um, slaves and virginia dennett is basically what it was about gotcha yeah so on july 14th the senate approved west virginia's admission to the union with statehood conditioned on its approval of the wiley amendment the house approved the bill and this almost took a year like well no it did take a year to like all get processed lincoln signed the bill admitting west virginia to the union on december 31st on March 26th of 1863, so a couple months later, West Virginia ratified the revision or revised constitution to include the gradual emancipation of slaves. President Lincoln proclaimed that West Virginia would officially be recognized as a state on June 20th of 1863. So this is like a really, I mean, I guess short process, but kind of long process. Because when you think about like, a state becoming its own thing Mm -hmm. like that seems like a big would be a big process but it only took like two years ish so i don't know yeah that's really not as long as you would think yeah but i'm done that's all my segment casper you want to go next yeah i can go next uh west virginia was originally called kanawaha to honor a native american tribe but the officials still wanted Virginia to be part of their name for some weird reason, because Virginia was a nickname after Queen Elizabeth I, our oppressors, about 100 years before that. So that was stupid. Sorry, West Virginia. Uh, it's the only state that's completely in the Appalachian Mountain Range, and it has the highest elevation of any state east of the Mississippi. The motto is Monotai Semper Libera. It's Latin for Mountaineers are always free. I got that. My sources for that is National Geographic Kids and a quick Google search. Okay. Oh, what did you say the name was for the, like you said, an Indian tribe or a native tribe named it? What was that? It was the owner of Native American tribe. They never said what tribe, but it was okay. Kanawaha. Do you know what that means? They never like said that either. Here, let me look. <laughs> oh, and by the way, listeners, if you hear a lot of background noise, like I said, they're at my house. This is family time, so you're going to hear family. Get over it. We're a family family. Casper. <laughs> Looking that up, I can give my facts. Yeah, go for it. All right. So the state capital of West Virginia is Charleston. And as of 2019, the population was estimated to be 1.7 million people. And I got that from census.gov. And then the current governor since 2017 is Jim Justice, which I thought was kind of like a powerful name. Yeah. How, well, what, I don't even know where it, where it was. <laughs> what like, was the population again? 
1.7 million was the estimate in 2019. Really? So Nebraska has more than them. Yeah, that's true. That's actually mm-hmm. surprising to me. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to me too. Casper, did you find yeah. anything yet? Uh, no? All right, yeah. All right. Uh, sorry, I'm just. I was like, hey, what would be the most <laughs> logical one here? Nothing really good. I mean, maybe friendly brother. Let's go with it. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Let's call it good. Oh, I guess it, it was, makes sense. There was uh, along the Kanawaha River, um, there's an Indian tribe band there called Kawana. So is that name after them? Okay. Here we go. Means new water. Oh, okay. New water or friendly brother. I mean, I feel like they both made sense because. I don't know, like the the friendly brother, because you know West Virginia, Virginia the brothers. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to connect a dot where it doesn't belong. But they weren't <laughs> friendly. Yeah. Well, they were trying to get rid of slaves, so it seems friendly to me. Yeah, and it seems brotherly, you know. To... Yes. Not my brother. He's not yeah, very nice here. So. <laughs> Brothers aren't supposed to be nice, so. Mm. Are they, though? No. Well, according to our sister, our brother is not very nice. Okay. You want to hear about the pepperoni roll? Yes, yeah. Please. Okay, so. Um, pepperoni roll. I'm kind of just going to go off the paper really quick. When I was looking this up, they have a festival i don't i did not write down maybe i did i don't know i can't remember um but they had kind of they had a few things that they were known for actually but the pepperoni roll looked the yummiest i guess okay the pepperoni roll was first sold by okay i'm gonna mess up this name gyps gypsy Joseph Argrero at the Country Club Bakery in Fairmont, West Virginia in 1927. The rolls were originally or wow. Sorry. The rolls originated as a lunch option for the coal miners of North Central West Virginia in the first half of the 20th century. Really drooling. Sorry. That good, huh? (laughs) I guess. Oh my gosh. Pepperoni and other Italian foods became popular when the booming mines and railroads attracted many immigrants from Italy. The pepperoni roll bears a resemblance to the pastry and sausage roll, which originated in the mining communities of Great Britain, as well as the Italian calzone. Um, If you don't know what a pepperoni roll is, it's literally, well, so Casper and I both made some. And they're a little bit different. There's different ways you could do it, but it's dough, and then you roll mozzarella cheese and pepperoni. I used a crescent roll, um, string cheese, and pepperoni. And then, Casper, what did you guys use? I got to get credit where credit is due. Caitlin made these. Not <laughs> True. Me. Caitlin did. I'm sorry. Thanks, honey. Uh, it, 
we just had pizza dough, shredded mozzarella, grated Parmesan, and then pepperoni and just rolled them and then topped them with uh, garlic powder. Yeah. Um, They're delicious. They are. They're actually pretty good. Uh, The other way you can make it is literally just making your own dough, letting it rise, and then basically having them like a kind of like a big old pizza pocket type thing without the sauce in the middle. Mm -hmm. But we're lazy. (laughs) Yes. I already, I did way too much cooking and baking this past week. I don't want to do anymore. (laughs) Um, Okay. So pepperoni rolls faced a legal challenge in 1987 when the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA, proposed reclassifying bakeries that manufactured the rolls as meat processing plants, thus subjecting them to stricter regulations. The bakery owner said, hell no, that the cost of meeting the new regulations would put them out of business. Um, The USDA's proposal was squashed. Yes, I wrote squashed. (laughs) After Jay Rockefeller, don't know if that name sounds familiar to you guys, the U.S. Senator for Virginia at the time, he was like, no, like, because the thing about it is the meat processing plant, the pepperonis were already processed, like, they were already cooked initially, so when they, when the bakeries got them, so since the fact that it wasn't raw meat that they were handling, it couldn't be considered as a meat processing plant. So Jay Rockefeller was like, no, you're not making these bakeries into meat processing plants. Like, get out of here. Um, my sources for that was Wikipedia. Wikipedia, basically. Wiki, wiki. Stop that. Research. Um, oh. What? Sorry, I just burped. Oh, my gosh. Record right now that your mom is dancing in your kitchen. I'm oh, sure, it's beautiful. Feels on the bus. <laughs> oh, was Zane? Was Zane's downstairs? But she's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's going up. I thought she's doing the hustle there at first. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Give me your mom. Now she's telling him, <laughs> "Who mom back?" <laughs> trying to see her through the mirror of my room but I can't. Uh, I'm trying to get her on microphone to record that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, the next segment I have um, is Moonshine. And Casper and I are drinking moon. say that it is 11.30 in the morning so it's fine. Anything Caitlin's after polite, 11. Right? Casper and I are drinking um, it's called Pina Colada Moonshine. I don't know if I... I think I can. So my husband makes his own recipe, I guess. Or not really his own recipe. But he makes moonshine. He does not sell it. He's not like that. He just makes it for us. We know of. Oh, get out of here. I'm kidding. He didn't. <laughs> he what? What did you say? I said he made me pay for it. No, he did it, did he? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, oh my gosh, you're gonna... <laughs> my husband's gonna freaking go to jail. Um, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. 
Okay, so uh, West Virginia, Virginia is not. Oh, how do I explain this? They kind of, I guess, I'll just talk about it. Okay, so according to the West Virginia Encyclopedia, the making of illegal moonshine whiskey has a long history in the West Virginia area, like up in the mountains. The word entered the English language about 1785 when white brandy was smuggled on the southeast England coast of Kit and Suex. I don't know how to. Sussex. Sussex. Oh, wow. Thank you. Those who made or transported the beverage worked under moonlight to escape um, the law. Moonshine is illegal because. Producers do not abide by state or federal laws laws regarding the licensure, manufacture, sale, and taxation of the distilled spirits. Moonshine is typically a hundred proof whiskey, aged little or none. Can you imagine drinking a hundred proof whiskey? Have you ever done that? No. I think one sip, I would be done. I'd be like, woo! <laughs> Aged little or none and was an imported cash crop. So long as revenue agents did not cause trouble, making moonshine was an efficient and profitable way to market corn. With it, Because if you don't know, moonshine is made out of corn. So, do, 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 Wait, with a hundred proof, is that a fifty percent alcohol or is that two hundred percent alcohol? I can never remember. Hmm. I'm not sure, honestly. Can you look it up while I'm reading? I'll Google it. Okay. With okay, hold on. Okay, with a good still, one and a half bushels of corn was reduced to a gallon of whiskey which was worth more than the grain itself and less bulky to transport from the mid 18th century settlers from scotland ireland wales and england came to the mountains with distilling equipment um and they knew a little bit more about so they okay sorry I'm going to go off on my own little thing. From what I read, so we had did it our way or whatever with the corn and all that stuff. And then when all these settlers came in, so from Scotland and Ireland and Wales and England or whatever, when they started coming in to help with it, apparently they made it better by doing it a little bit differently so it made it a little bit more smoother and stuff that's kind of what i got from it because well, they had a lot more problem with making scotch and irish whiskey yes yeah and that's what i was gonna say they had a lot more like know-how of making these things so yeah um on march 3rd 1791 soon after the colonies became a nation congress imposed the first taxes on stills and whiskey 1794 whiskey rebellion an uprising in western pennsylvania and parts of present west virginia the settlers mainly scotch irish saw the taxes as unfair 
President Washington, Washington himself led troops to stop the rioting, and the federal government kept the tax in force for 11 years. Whiskey remained untaxed from then until 1862. Caitlin, have you found anything? Yeah, so I just did a really quick Google search, and proof is twice the alcohol. So um, 100 proof would be 50% alcohol. That's not so bad then. Yeah, I've definitely done that. Well, Casper, when we toured a certain distillery, um, didn't we sample some that was 100 proof? Yeah, they're straight up stuff. I think it was a little over 100 proof. Yeah. Mm. So I don't we, think I've... And it was... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying is I don't think that I would... I have actually tried anything that was a hundred proof like uh, i've tried things tried that were up there tip? okay listen that's what's in this moonshine is ever clear but i've never taken it out of the bottle no oh, like okay. a swig of it heck no have you smelled that it's literally like you smell it it burns your insides i've done it oh no taking sips out of it I'm pretty sure Derek has too. I'm not sure. We do have a bottle down there. Um, okay, so I said the this was from West Virginia Encyclopedia. Um, so more of their sources were um, Mountain Country Cooking by Mark F. Stone, um, a gathering of the best recipes from the Smokies to the Blue Ridge, um, and Mountain Spirits, A Chronicle of Corn Whiskey by Joseph Earl Daphne. All right. That's all two I solid, got. Two solid choices. Yeah. What? Two solid choices. The pepperoni roll-ups and uh, moonshine are delicious. Thank you. I try. When I'm picking things out, I try to give something that, I don't know, sounds good, tastes good, I know is good. We hope so, too. <laughs> One of these days, we're going to get something, though, that's just going to be out of the blue. Yeah, Not I, out of the blue, I, out from left. Field. I don't know how you say that. I think we're better. I'm about to try it for anything. Oh, no, I'll definitely try it at least once. I've also realized that, no, I guess Kool-Aid. I was going to say, I've also realized that it's all been alcohol, but no, Kool-Aid was in there. All right, Casper. All right, we're ready for my section. Yeah, I think so. Yep. All right. I got an attraction here from the quirky travel guy. It's the Cole House in Williamson, West Virginia. Admission to this is completely free. The house is made entirely of coal because West Virginia is coal miner central. Mm-hmm. So why not make a house out of it? On a side of the, side of the building, there's a plaque that reads. This building is structured by Winifred Steam Coal Mine and donated by Crystal Block Mining Company, Utchity Collieries Company, Curitan Coal Corporation, and Sycamore Coal Company, as long as the Winifred Block Coal Company. So basically all these coal companies in the area got together and donated all the coal to be built this, which is kind of cool. Talking about corporate co- cooperation, which you don't really see a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, that 
house actually caught on fire on Columbus Day in 2010, but they spent $200,000 to restore the coal house. I mean, coal, coal is pretty flammable, so, I mean, you're a higher chance of catching a fire if you ever thought about building a house with coal. So, right, whole thing burned down because I feel like I don't know. I feel like once it catches on fire, like the whole thing's just done. I would think. Uh, what I read is it didn't catch completely on fire; just a section of it caught on fire, and they were able to put it out pretty quickly. Oh, okay. Because I mean, Williamson isn't a huge city, so it's easier to get to for them to get to quicker. Yeah. That makes- um. I have a question. Yeah. So, was the house on fire, or was the fire on the house? <laughs> the fire was on the house. Okay, that makes so much more sense. Okay. Glad I could clear that up. Yeah, thank you. All right, my festival is from RadSeason.com. It is the Rug Kill Festival. The roadkill? Yes. Okay. In Marlinton, West Virginia. This festival has been featured on Discovery, Travel Channel, and the Food Network. What it is, is they have cook-offs, basically, of what you would consider roadkill animals. So they'll have, for example, dude black bear mixed with chili and beans. Well, meatballs, venison, snapping turtle, iguana, and squirrel gravy on biscuits. <laughs> they also have live music and square dancing, a farmer's market, horseshoe pitching, a 5K run, plus a beauty pageant where the participants vie for the Miss Roadkill title. They also have handmade arts and crafts that are up for sale from the local vendors. Can you imagine getting that college application, like the college, like achievement or what do they call those? Um, whatever. And putting on there, I am Miss Roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a, that's a prestigious title. How dare you, Tiff? Well, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, like, I can't imagine, like. I'm like, sure college, like college administrators, I'm sure they might know what it is, but can you just imagine like reading that? Oh, she was Miss Roadkill. I'm just imagining like a bunch of like pageant winners getting together and Miss Roadkill goes up to Miss America and it's like, hey, I'm Miss Roadkill. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another thing was... You said squirrel on gravy or whatever? No, no, squirrel gravy on biscuits. Okay. The first thing I thought of was how devastated Gabe is going to (laughs) be. I was thinking of Bill. No, my dad thinks they're going to take over the world. I know. So he's like, good. We're making biscuits and gravy out of them. Oh, and Gabe is over there like, squirrels are my friends. I was just thinking about the black bear chili and the snapping turtle and the iguana and quail meatballs. I think, 
I think the uh, black bear chili actually sounds good, but go ahead. No, I do too. I mean, I want to try all that. Oh, I don't think the iguana sounds good or the snapping turtle. Still want to try it. Okay. A couple of weird things that go on at the, their county tour, our county fairs and all that. Do you know I need to wait for Tiff to get ready for get another pizza roll? No, keep going. She's running. <laughs> uh, are we good, Tiff? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Never see someone run so fast. <laughs> All right. Um, the thing I did in my research, finding it, a lot of West Virginias actually state their county over their town where they're from, which I thought was a weird quirk, hmm. but I couldn't find exactly why they do that. So I, I didn't really want to dwell too hard on that. So all of these are mainly the from a county fair, and there's a couple of state fairs in there too. So the first one is the Mannington District Fair. We see it up here, but they have lawnmower races. Oh yeah, are they orange lawnmowers by chance? Hey, Galen, shut so. the fuck up. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. Keep going, Casper. Okay. Um in their state fair, they have a dairy birthing center where every year more than twenty calves are born. And when a mama cow is about ready to give birth, they actually announce it and hundreds of people will go watch a cow give birth to a calf. I think our state fair has something like that, don't they? Do they? I don't know. That, I just would... sounds gr- that sounds gross for me. I've seen it. I don't ever want to see it again. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I've seen it, and I didn't think it was that bad. I was thinking about that one zoo where the giraffe gave birth, and everybody watched for, like, two weeks straight until it finally gave birth. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No, that I did not. Alice the giraffe or whatever? Was that, like, at the Omaha Zoo, or where was no. that at? Somewhere else, it was uh, it was at Animal Adventure Park. I'm trying to figure out where it was. Oh no, she died this year. Oh, April what? the April the giraffe. I'll go ahead and um, save this source that I'm reading so we can put it in the show notes. But it's from ABC Seven out of LA. Is the new story I'm looking at? Um, it was April April the giraffe. Um, she had a pregnancy in 2017 and they put a live camera in and posted it to YouTube and everybody like watched her give birth and apparently she was euthanized in April because she her oh she was euthanized in April and her name's April oh, oh. Um, way to bring us down Caitlin. yeah it says Due to her worsening arthritis, is what the article. But where was this located at, though? You said the zoo, but where? What state? That's what I'm trying to find. Let me see. Animal. Then in Florida or something. Oh, it's in New York. New York. Oh, oh New York. Being close. Two yeah. weeks, like she was in labor for two weeks. I don't know if it was like a full two weeks, but like, I mean. 
it was on YouTube and people were watching it for a really long time. I remember. Hmm. Can you imagine being a female, like a human, sorry, and being in labor for like two weeks? That would be, I mean, obviously our, our doctors would not allow that. But can you just imagine being in labor for two weeks? I, I can't be a, I can't imagine being in labor for one second, so no. Uh, okay, we went off a tangent, Casper. Go ahead, I'm yeah. sorry. I got it really <laughs> off topic, sorry. Uh, the next one is uh, West Virginia Interstate Fair and Expedition. This one sounds fun. It is a bubblegum bubble blowing contest. The winner, the winner gets up to a year's supply of double bubble bubble gum. First, but they have to blow the required (laughs) size and number of bubbles to win. You know who should have entered this contest is Alex Gordon. I knew that's where you're going. (laughs) Alex Gordon sponsor us. Thank you. Bubbles. He does. He always put them on his hat too and all that. Yeah, he used to he chew. He puts them on his what? Wait a minute. He blows the bubble and puts it on his hat? I believe he did. Sometimes. I don't remember that. Oh, maybe it's, maybe I'm Or he just puts that. his gum on his hat. His gum. Ew. I didn't say he put it back in his mouth. I'm just saying that's where he put it. Oh, okay. I thought you like were meaning that he puts it there and like holds on to it and then he puts it back into his mouth. That's what I thought you were meaning. He well, might. Not, I, I don't know. I didn't follow him that close. Caitlin did. <laughs> we always had it set in left field. We miss you, Gordo. Although. Ben and did really well this year. Anyway, sorry, another tangent I took us on. Go ahead. <laughs> My last one's here from the Ohio County Fair. They have a fiddle contest and a hog calling contest. Interesting. A hog calling contest? Yes. Interesting. Okay. That's all I got. Oh, that's it? Okay. That's it. Okay. West Virginia's got a lot of festivals and stuff in there. I mean, there's always seems to be something going on. Okay. Who is ready to learn about West Virginia's government? Yes. Okay. I got the following information from Britannica. West Virginia's government is a bicameral, and it has the Senate and then the House of Delegates. The Senate has two senators from each of the 17 districts in the state, and they each serve four-year terms, each of the senators. However, so within those 17 districts where you have the two senators, one senator in each district must be up for re-election every two years. So you don't elect both from the district every election. You only elect one. So then um, with the House of Delegates, there's 100 members who serve two-year terms. And the House of Delegates is split into 50 voting districts based on population. And uh, the legislature meets for 60 days 
each year. So it's not like Nebraska where it's 90 and then 60. Every single year is 60 days. But the governor can call additional sessions if he needs to for any reason. So speaking of the governor, he is the head of the executive branch of the government. And he is assisted by the following um, members who each serve four-year terms. So that is the Secretary of State, the Auditor, the Treasurer, the Attorney General, and Agriculture Commissioner. And the last one I thought was kind of interesting, a Superintendent of Schools appointed by the West Virginia Board of Education. And then finally, the judicial branch. Um, the head of the judicial branch is the Supreme Court of Appeals, which is made up of five judges who serve 12-year terms. Um, so there are 31 circuit courts, and they take care of the major cases. And then from there, on a smaller level, we have the magistrate courts who handle county matters, and the municipal courts for incorporated areas. And then there's an actual separate system called the Family and Magistrate Court System that handles divorces, annulments, child support, paternity, and other domestic issues. So I thought that was interesting that, at least the way I interpreted it from Britannica, is that there's a whole separate court system that handles those types of cases. So... I mean, I, I guess, again, kind of seems smart because then you can have um, you can have people on those systems who are like specialized in those areas. You know, I, I, I think you can kind of get that specialization and that probably works to their advantage. I've never been through any of that. Is it, that's not normal in all states or is that just kind of unique to West Virginia? See, I don't know. Like. The way, the way I interpreted it from Britannica is that it was kind of specific. Because I feel like I don't know. So if there's like a divorce or anything in the state of Nebraska, that just goes through like the county courts, right? There's not like a separate court system that handles that? Hmm. Uh, I'm not for sure. Yeah, I'm not either. No, maybe I misinterpreted the whole thing, but it seemed like it was more specific just to West Virginia. Hmm. Okay. So, I don't know. If I'm wrong, email me at because I fell asleep in class at gmail.com. <laughs> Subject line Caitlin is a moron. <laughs> Aww. All right. So, the last department that I'm going to touch on. Um, is the Department of Military Affairs and Public Safety. And this department is in charge of the West Virginia National Guard, Veterans Affairs, State Police, Correctional Facilities, Law Enforcement, Homeland Security, and Emergency Management. And then um, any county law enforcement is handled by the sheriff, deputies, and the prosecuting attorney. So yeah, that is all I have as far as their government. And again, all of that came from Botanica. And let me tell you, the encyclopedia is a heck of a lot more smart than I am. So if anything I have said is wrong, that's my fault, not Botanica's. Seems like a pretty straightforward government. But uh, I've been noticing the representatives in the Senate, the Congress part of all these states. 
they're hardly in a session. 60 or 90 days. I yeah. just didn't. I mean, do they not do a whole lot or what? So Maybe like, we didn't want them to do a whole lot. That's why. <laughs> so when they have those sessions, like, are they in session for like 12 hours or right. are those days like super, super long? Whereas, so it's not just like an eight hour work day. It's like, you know, 12, 16 hours. I don't know. This is, I'm just guessing, like questioning if that's maybe why they don't have to meet as often because they have a lot longer days. Right. Uh, it's just I mean, 60 days out of a 365-day year. I mean, that just seems yeah. like what can they actually get all done in that amount of time? Yeah. No, I agree with you. But then again, maybe we don't want them in session a whole time to screw it up even more. So maybe it works. <laughs> all right. Who's ready for some weird laws? Me, 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 me. <laughs> Here we go. This is all from her herald h-u-r herald.com and some of these laws have been repealed so um like i'll mention if they've been repealed oh i'll take away fun laws how dare they all right our first one is an unmarried couple who lives together and quote lewdly associates with one another may face up to a year in prison That one was repealed in 2010. Probably <laughs> a good idea. 2010, that's really recent. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. their, their jail's supposed to have been full. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, um, roadkill may be taken home for supper, um, <laughs> as is made clear by the Roadkill Festival. <laughs> I just gonna say that. When a railroad passes within one mile of a community of a hundred or more people in it, they must build a station and stop there regularly to pick up and drop off passengers. Hmm. Wait, any train would have had to stop there to pick up passengers. Specifically like a passenger car, not just like a not like UP just hauling coal or right freight. Uh, it, it would have to be otherwise you have people running with coal yeah <laughs> all right this next one cracks me up in west virginia whistling underwater is prohibited come on my question is is it even how? possible to do that <laughs> yeah exactly like how <laughs> you know what i heard the other day the question huh. to ponder about we will never be able to smell water underwater. We will never be able to smell underwater. There we go. So what does underwater smell like? Stop asking such deep questions. It's <laughs> that but, game last night that we played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But, but whistling, whistling underwater, I mean, would you even be able to hear someone whistle if they could? Yeah. Well, how could you, though? I don't know. I'm just thinking that they need to repeal this one, too, because I don't know how it's even possible. I mean, I guess if you can whistle underwater, you should not be arrested. You should be celebrated, because I don't know that you can even do it. What about those? Do they have, like, the masks or whatever? Like, the underwater masks? Like, helmets? Submarine helmets? I don't know. 
Never mind. I don't know. They'll be able to whistle in there. there. Because they have the air, like, you know what I'm trying to say? What are they called? Scuba? Scuba, thank you. But it, yeah. That would be the only way you could whistle underwater. (laughs) But even then, yeah, like, you have to keep your oxygen mask on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. That one's a... That one's a doozy. Any person who commits adultery shall be fined at least $20. $20? He had raised a penalty for that. Well, they repealed it in 2010, so. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't think it should be. It should be, be at least $1,000. $1,000? Huh? It should be other, whatever, it, like, whoever, like, I don't know what I'm saying, and I just yawned. Okay, sorry. Let me try to gather my thoughts on that. It should be whoever you committed the adultery on, however much you have put them through, that's how much the fine should be, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that person could be lying and everything just get more money from you. Not saying adultery is good. I'm just saying. Right. I get what you're saying. Just don't... Cl- commit adultery and you don't want to worry about anything. Correct. It is legal for a male to have sex with an animal as long as it does not exceed 40 pounds. Oh. <laughs> oh my. I'm so those sheep fuckers out there. <laughs> Make sure your sheep's not over 40 pounds. Yep. As long as she's 39 or under, you're good. Ugh. Whatever. I mean, do do. I'm not saying that I'm for it, but if it's what you're into, what? But you're saying you're for it. No, it's not something that I choose a lifestyle in. This is what you choose your lifestyle. I guess you can go to West Virginia and do it. Sorry, I'm not trying to judge people. We are. What? Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, we are sex worker positive, so exactly. we can be bestiality positive. And those sheep are just out there trying to make a living, too. Come on. I know. So this next law was repealed in 2010 as well, and it says a person may be placed in jail for up to six months for making fun of someone who does not accept a challenge. For making fun of somebody who does not accept a challenge. Yeah. So every time my husband challenges me and I say no, he could go to jail because he makes fun of me all the time. Yeah, if he makes fun of you, he could have gone to jail prior to 2010. That's just not right. I'm glad so they refilled that one. So in 2010, they must have just like gone through all the laws and were like, <laughs> okay. They had a slow year that year, so they had to do something. Must have. In one, there's 60 days of actually doing something. It was day 59. They decided to go through all these rules. They were wrapping up early, so they had to clean the law book a little bit. A person may not hold public office if he or she has ever participated in a duel. Hmm. <laughs> okay, this next one, uh, maybe we can't go to West Virginia. Um, for each act of public swearing, a person should be fined a dollar. And my comment is, I would be broke. <laughs> each act of oh, public swearing. 
Yeah. At first, I thought you said squaring. I was like, what does squaring mean? Oh, yeah. public swearing. We would never be bored fine. Yeah, no. I don't, oh. I don't swear. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, shut the fuck up, yeah. You, you swear all the time. I have a clean mouth. Bullshit. You told me to shut the fuck up earlier, but okay. No, you heard me wrong. I said shut <laughs> the front door. Oh. oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, these next ones are city-specific. In Alderson, West Virginia, one may not walk a lion, tiger, or leopard, even if they're on a leash. I can't bring my pets to West Virginia, damn it. No. Lions tiger. leopards, oh my. A good thing Tiger King is locked up. <laughs> In Huntington, West Virginia, there are two, these next two laws are Huntington, West Virginia. The first one is, a fireman may not whistle or flirt at any woman passing a firehouse. Good. Yeah. Bummer. (laughs) Casper, you're not a firefighter. (laughs) And the next law, I think they need to repeal. It says, it is legal to beat your wife. So long as it is done in public on Sunday on the courthouse steps. Honey, let's move to what? Uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Nope. Can you imagine that conversation? Yeah. So you and your wife are yelling or whatever, and your husband just looks at you and is like, I can't wait until Sunday. <laughs> you just wait. Drags his wife's ass to the courthouse on Sunday and just starts beating her. Like you gotta book a certain time or just first come first serve on those county steps. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't say. That's, I also agreed that needs to be appealed. Don't rush. All right. This next one is Nicholas County, West Virginia. No member of the clergy is allowed to tell jokes or humorous stories from the pulpit during a church service. Those those services would be boring then. Yeah. It is all business in Nicholas County. Maybe that's because they're on a time restriction. Got to keep it moving. Could be. Maybe they just had a bunch of unfunny priests that are like, no more jokes, please. (laughs) (laughs) They they had one, a pastor that was was terrible at jokes and they were like well we don't want to like single him out so let's just ban them all yes all right so i was unable to find a lot in west virginia regarding hats and timid people oh but i got sort of close because you know how um in nebraska Blue Hill, Nebraska, you can't eat an onion either. Like the woman with the timid hat can't eat an onion. Yeah. Yes. A- to no children may attend school with their breath smelling of, quote, wild onion. Hmm. Okay. What about domestic onion? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. How, how, how would you know the difference? Tommy, were you eating a wild onion? No, it was a domestic onion. <laughs> I raised it myself. Come on, it, teacher. It's been in my bedroom for the past year now. 
Ooh. I don't even know how long onions grow for. <laughs> That's kind of excessive. Okay, so I've kind of expanded this last section a little bit um, before I was planning on doing court cases. And I was having a hard time finding a court case that was kind of like, I don't know, lighter hearted. Because don't get me wrong, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. So I am not like opposed to murder, <laughs> I guess. That's what came out wrong. I'm not opposed to talking about murder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much opposed to the act of it. it, it <laughs> well, if I found dead, first person is always fatal. Yep. yep. But my goal is to kind of keep this section more lighthearted. Um, so I've expanded it so that it's not just court cases. I've also expanded it to news articles. So it's either going to be court cases or weird news. Um, or just weird, funny, unique whatever. Um, so anyway, I did find a news article from West Virginia Metro News. And let me tell you, this is a doozy. So this was posted on November 11th. And the article, the headline is West Virginia judge accused of berating patrolmen and then angrily trying to pull rank. Hmm. <laughs> um, and I just need to give credit. This was written by ooh, Brad Nick McElhenney, McElhenney, something like that. So I just have to give credit to Brad here. He wrote such a good article. Like I, I will direct quote it quite a bit. And of course, I'm going to post the link to it. Please go read it. It is, it is a masterpiece. And I had the best time reading it and then trying to summarize it. So Brad, nicely done. And I'm just going to preface this with. This is a case, basically, of fuck around and find out, if you're familiar with that phrase. So, yeah, we are going to learn about a judge in West Virginia. I'm going to read the opening two lines as a direct quote because I just can't make them any better than Brad wrote them. So here we go. Quote, a West Virginia circuit judge went out for ice cream with his family, started to drive home, picked up a cell phone he had dropped, got pulled over for having the phone in his hand while driving, berated the patrolman, called multiple local officials to pull rank, and now faces allegations of judicial misconduct. The ice cream was the high point of an evening that got worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I, I'm, I'm just trying to put everything together is why he would make it such a big deal about just getting a ticket with the cell phone in public or drive, yeah, while, driving. And while driving. Well, we're going to learn that he, he is a repeat offender of getting pulled over for stuff and then trying to pull rank. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, um, this, the judge in this case, like the judge surrounding this case, is Judge Carter Williams, and he's a circuit, ju circuit court judge for three counties in West Virginia. I don't remember which three, but he's the circuit court judge for three counties. So his possible punishments that he could face would be a fine, suspension, or a loss of law license. Um, the Supreme Court of West Virginia will rule on that. 
the end of the article gives the exact date and who he will be going up in front of for this case. So I'll touch on that later. So just a tiny bit of background summary on Judge Williams himself. Um, He has been in office for 2016. And he is up for re-election in 2024. And again, I just have to give credit to the author of this article. He pulled a direct quote from an interview with this judge back in 2016 for a local paper while he was running for office. And he said, quote, a judge sets the tone for the court system. I think a judge's demeanor, their temperament, the way they conduct themselves can create a healthy climate, a productive climate, and an efficient climate for the court system, end quote. And then the very next sentence that this author writes is, quote, in this case, though, Williams is accused of violating the public trust through anger and vindictiveness. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this article is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like it has an anger problem. Yes. An ego problem. Yes, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to go into kind of the background of what led up to him getting pulled over on this day that kind of opened the can of worms. So it was July 11th of this year. He, He and his family went to go get ice cream. According to the article, it sounded like he drove by himself and met his family at whatever ice cream shop they went to. Okay. Um, And apparently he had misplaced his phone like earlier in the day or something or maybe on the trip there. But um, he heard it like ring. They said either ringing or rattling. So I don't don't know like... (laughs) Like it was on vibrate or something? Yeah, potentially. Okay. Uh, Ring and vibrate. Yeah, maybe it was both. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. As most people do. Most old people like me do. Hey, I do, and I'm not old. (laughs) Fudge off. (laughs) So... Apparently, he he heard it, whatever noise it was making, and was fishing around for it as he's driving. And so about the time that he grabbed it and had it in his hand, he was spotted by Moorfield Police Officer Diavanta Johnson. Nailed it. I was going to say, I probably butchered that. Um, so I'm just going to call him Officer Johnson. Uh, <laughs> going- <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> such a child. That'll be Derek's new nickname. <laughs> Officer Johnson. Well, you don't want to hear his nickname in the bedroom. Oh, I didn't say it was in the bedroom. Casper, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Officer Johnson pulls the judge over. And he, like, had just gotten up to the to the judge's window. And he announced that he was a judge and he angrily asked why he had been stopped. Just like the poor guy couldn't even get a word out. Like couldn't even ask for license and registration. And the guy's like, I'm a judge. Why'd you pull me over? Yeah. So apparently um, officer Johnson asked for the judge's license and registration twice. And the first time all he said was, well, I didn't do anything wrong. If you're a judge, you I feel like you know how 
police stop twerk. <laughs> like, before you... Yeah. That's what they asked. He's just being a little baby at this point. Yeah, exactly. So then um, he asked him a second time, and the judge basically just refused. And was like, I'm not going to give you that. So then he, like, the judge goes into this, like, tirade almost. And, and so, like, to this point, Officer Johnson just walked up to his window and asked him for his license and registration. Like, nothing else had really happened and so he just asked the judge like why are you so agitated yeah William said quote you just pulled me over for no reason pulled me over for no reason give me a ticket end quote so is self-entitled yeah exactly real so this is where the plot thickens and I just love this so officer Johnson took judge Williams's license and registration back to his car to run it and discovered da, 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 the license was expired. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Did you know, do you know how common that actually is? Like for older people? Probably like, pretty common. It's crazy. When I worked at the bank and we needed license, like a driver's license, we had to tell people all the time to go get it updated. And they're like, I've had this one for blah, blah, blah. I don't need to update it. And we're like, exactly the reason you need to get it updated like good for like five years i mean how many people can remember that they need to renew it in five years well don't you get a notice and yeah i thought you did oh maybe i don't know either a notice but i mean here's the other thing like i don't know just pay attention i know when mine expires i mean it expires on your birthday so yeah exactly and if it's every five years then I think at a certain age, it becomes like five years. And then once you get to another age, it reduces. I know in some states, it's like a really long time, like 20 or 25 years. Like, I understand forgetting. I really do. But it's the people that argue about them being expired. That is annoying. Right. I mean, it's on your license that it's expired. I, I can't really exactly. argue that. Yeah. yeah it, and literally, it says on there, it's not valid if it's expired. Well, and here's the other thing, too. If you're going to act like a self-entitled, rude person. Prick. Yeah. You should probably make sure that you are not committing any other wrongdoings. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Especially being a judge. But what do I know? Okay, so the plot so far has thickened. And uh, th- this comes directly from the article. Quote, with a newly found cell phone. Williams makes a call while Johnson is at the pat- patrol car. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Four calls, you guys. Four calls. His first call is to Moorfield Police Lieutenant Melody Burroughs. She was not on duty, may I point out. So this poor lieutenant is off duty, getting a call from some angry judge for literally no reason. Apparently, he was kind of, I don't know, kind of like treading. I don't know. Basically, from from like here on out, he refers to Officer Johnson as, quote, your boy. So like, I don't Yeah. So it's like he's being a prick and then he's being like, I don't know. I'm white. So like, I don't know if that's derogatory or if it's just Uh... You know, like, yeah. Was, uh, was Officer Johnson black? 
That's what I I'm be- wondering. I believe so. Oh. Okay. Yeah, probably not the best phrase of words then. Exactly. So I'm like, I I don't understand if that's necessarily derogatory. I can see, like, I'm. It very well could be. All I'm saying is I'm not an expert here. He shouldn't use this phrasing. So regardless, he's being disrespectful, but he may also be being racist too. Right. So either way, like not being a good dude at this point. So he he's on the phone with Lieutenant Furrows and he says, quote, your boy pulled me over for being on my cell phone and I wasn't on my cell phone. And Burroughs was like, relax. Like, basically, I think she's like, calm down and leave me alone. I'm not on duty, <laughs> you know, type of thing. You're right. Yeah. So basically to try, like, I don't know if this was like to try and get him off the phone, get him to relax, probably a little bit of both. She basically is like, look, I'll call Officer Johnson. I'll tell him not to give you a ticket, whatever. Like, calm down. He gets off the phone with Lieutenant Burroughs and Officer Johnson's walking back up to the car. And William says, quote, you can write me a ticket or not. I don't care. I'll take it up to town and we'll go to trial, buddy. That's fine with me. And I'll tell you what. The next time I see any of you on the phone, I'm stopping right there and calling the state police. Any of you, end quote. Good Lord. Right? The ego. Jeez. Yeah, for real. So Officer Johnson hands back his license and registration, and he starts to kind of tell him, like, hey, your license is expired. And it expired, like, months ago. And before jo- Officer Johnson can really even say anything, Williams grabs the papers and speeds off. And I mean, so I haven't ever been pulled over. So I don't necessarily know how this works, but apparently, like, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but like, the officer has to release. Wait, wait, is that because we're criminals? No. <laughs> Any- it's true, I am. Really <laughs> you two i'm saying like any of our listeners email me if i'm wrong but like the officer has to release you before you can leave right the times i've been pulled over you know they go back to their car either write a ticket or you know type all your information all there and then they'll come up and say hey make sure you get this fixed or don't do that anymore and then you're free to go now normally i let the officer leave first at that time but that's me yeah yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of similar. I don't let the officer leave first because when I lived in Lincoln, I got pulled over one time and the officer sat there forever, like, and then he waved me on. So I think he was waiting for me to leave. He might have been doing some paperwork or something like that. He probably was. I mean, that was also, I don't know, like six-ish years ago, so... Yeah. Say so it's been a long time since I yeah. pulled over, so I can't tell you for sure that's what happened, but best of my memory, I think that's what happened. Right. Yeah, and regardless, yeah. he hands you your stuff back, gives you the ticket or the warning or whatever. Well, he or she. Sorry, I didn't mean to be. You sexist. Yeah, I know. But it's like, officer hands you back the stuff and basically is like, explains the ticket, explains whatever, and then tells you you're free to go or whatever. Right, right, yeah. Officer Johnson couldn't even get like that out. The judge just grabbed the papers and sped off. 
He just sounds the care like the Karen of all males. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? Kevin's, I think. Oh, are they? Do they have a name? I think I heard that somewhere, but correct me if I'm wrong. Hey Derek. Do the Karen's of the world or the Karen's of men have a name? Oh, he said uh uh-huh. Oh. He doesn't know anything anyways. I guess not. I feel like anybody, if anybody would know, it'd be him, but apparently not. Maybe they're called Derricks. They are called Derricks. Figured it out. So you know how I said he made four phone calls? Well, he's about to make his second phone call. As he's speeding away, he freaking gets on his phone. Oh my gosh. What a freaking hypocrite. His second call goes to Moorfield Police Chief Stephen Riggleman, who is also off duty. <laughs> this guy is just a nuisance. This bullet point was written 100% by me, and I'm cracking myself up. I said, Riggleman didn't know who was calling, but don't you worry. Williams, of course, identified himself. <laughs> 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 so um, he's like, I guess, explaining. I don't know if he necessarily like explained what happened, but basically he like got really angry and was like complaining to the chief, like, your officers are always on the phone, blah, 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 blah. And just like went off. And Williams had said that he was, quote, tired of being disrespected, end quote, to which the chief replied, uh, look, buddy, you're the one being disrespectful right now. And- yeah. And then the chief eventually told him not to bother him when he's at home with his family. And then Williams promptly hung up after the chief told him to leave him alone, basically. (laughs) Good. Here we go with the third call. Now, the article doesn't specify the timeline. Like, I don't know if he's still driving at this point. I don't know. But he calls retired police chief Steve Reckert. I think Reckert. Reckert something um yeah so he gets on the phone and the the retired police chief is like uh hey buddy i retired back in june like this is not (laughs) this is not my business anymore and williams basically told him well he needed to talk to somebody so like that's why he called it and record said uh he thought it was odd that Williams called him because they uh, weren't close. <laughs> so basically, he's like, I don't know why this guy's calling me. Like, we're not even friends. We don't even really, like, know each other that much. So Williams goes on and complains about the whole situation over again. And then he tried telling the retired police chief that Officer Johnson shouldn't even be an officer. And he... Ooh. He points out an incident. Now, the article went into this a lot more in depth. I didn't because I just like felt like I was going to be here forever if I explained this thing in full detail. But there was apparently an incident um, in 2020 that involved Officer Johnson when he was off duty. Not sure what happened. Um, Hmm. The charges were eventually dropped and um, I think I think the article said that Officer Johnson like was on a probationary period with the um, the police department for a short time, even though like the charges were dropped. It it didn't really say what it was. I don't know. Like I do not know what happened. But basically, 
the thought is that Williams is alluding to this situation when he's telling the retired police chief that Johnson shouldn't be an officer anymore. Um, okay. And then, and then Williams goes on to say, to tell the retired police chief, and I'm not saying his last name because I think I'm butchering it. So, uh, But basically, <laughs> he's, he told him that he made a mistake by letting some previous cases that involved Moorfield police officer strap, and he would not be making those mistakes again. Wow. Wow. I'm like, okay. Well, he- so he just admitted he's terrible at his job. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, so you are admitting on a phone call that, like, you're not being fair. You know, like, that you're not trying these cases the way you should or whatever. So here we go. Here's the fourth call. Back to Lieutenant Burroughs. The first person he called. He called. Oh, no. This poor lady. I know, right? So he complained to her that he, quote, had never been treated so badly as the circuit judge, to which I respond, boo freaking who? Yeah. <laughs> and No one's above the law there, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And so then Williams tells um, Lieutenant Burroughs that he'd recently been pulled over by a state trooper for no seatbelt. And he'd been let go, so he couldn't figure out why Officer Johnson wouldn't just let it go, too. Huh. The level of entitlement, you know. That is so true. So then Williams said that the way that Officer Johnson had treated him, quote, made him question the Moorfield police cases that had come before him, end quote. And Yeah. So then this next quote actually made me angry a little bit. Williams said, I am, quote, Sick and tired of the Moorfield PD running around like a bunch of thugs harassing innocent, hardworking people, end quote. Holy shit. So doing their job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're terrible at yours, obviously. Right, yeah. And I'm like, okay, innocent, you were guilty of being on your phone. You just admitted it. Admitted it. I put admitted and guilty into one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but he literally admitted he was guilty of not wearing a seatbelt. Like, how are you innocent, dude? You just admitted that you were guilty of these things. Like, things that he admitted right there, to be honest. Like, yeah. well, not just right there, but in the whole entire thing. Like, he yeah. just, oh, wow. And he lost his job, right? Well, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. So uh, Williams then asks Lieutenant Burroughs if Officer Johnson should still be an officer due to that 2020 incident that I very briefly touched on. Really, there wasn't a whole lot about the conversation, um, but Lieutenant Burroughs said the call lasted 16 minutes and it ended with Williams saying that the police officers, quote, do a piss poor job. God, what a dick. So, this is where, I mean, this whole thing is off the rails, but this is where it super goes off the rails, in my opinion. Because you know what he does? He drives to the fucking mayor's house and beats on her door at 10 o'clock at night. Oh my god. Holy cow. Yeah. Intoxicated at all, he was just literally being a douchebag. From what I understand, yeah. Like, 
he, he had coffee rum or uh, butter rum ice cream, so he might have been a little drunk. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. So he goes to uh, Mayor Carol Zuber's home. She's the mayor of Morfield. And let me just say, I just think of Linda Belcher on Bob's Burgers when she's like, the mayor! She goes to visit the mayor! Because she's, like, obsessed with the mayor. Anyway, so I'm... There's our first Bob's Burgers reference, in case you're (laughs) keeping track. It it took us this long to get one? You guys are obsessed with that show. I I know. I was surprised myself. (laughs) But yeah, the poor mayor, I tell ya. There's no lights on at the mayor's house. So Williams calls her and asks if she's still awake. It's 10 o'clock at night, dude. Wow. And her lights are off. What the hell do you think? Leave this poor lady alone, man. So Williams asks if he can talk to her about this traffic stop. And she agrees and subjects herself to a 45-minute chat at her front door. Oh, yikes. And... There's no description of this in the article, but I'm just picturing this poor woman in her nightgown and a robe. Half asleep. Yeah, half asleep. She's got her, like, I, like the thing you wear over your eyes to sleep, like, up on top. Oh. Like, <laughs> she's got her slippers on. Like, I'm just imagining this poor woman in her nightgown, standing on her front steps, listening to this asshole talk. You know? Yes, yes. Williams basically says he wants to file a complaint um, and says the police department is full of, quote, young boys. And then he said that he'd been pulled over twice in the past year plus, and Officer Johnson had actually pulled him over previously for running a stop sign but didn't give him a ticket. To which I said, sounds like he breaks the law a lot and gets away with it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this Officer Johnson was obviously just set up. Yeah. So one thing I forgot to touch on earlier is that Officer Johnson was wearing a body cam. And there is footage of this this whole thing. Good. These are the reasons why they wear those. That's good. Yeah, exactly. So the mayor said, well, look, I'll check the body cam footage from, you know, his body cam tomorrow. And... Then Williams told Mayor Zuber he was, quote, an asshole during the stop. To which I said, yet out say. Wow. I love how he's admitting. Yeah. It only took him like 12 hours to do that. I was going to say, it took him four Yeah. And a visit to the poor mayor's house to finally admit he was being an asshole. (laughs) Dang. So we're finally done with the phone calls and the visit. It's the next day and the investigation into this whole debacle officially begins. So this is a direct quote from the article because I thought it was really good summarization of what happens next. Quote, Chief Riggleman went to Hardy County Prosecutor Lucas C. about filing a motion to disqualify Williams from hearing Moorfield Police Department cases. End quote. Probably... A good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because clearly he was not actually like trying these cases. Like he was kind of letting stuff go and wasn't really like taking care of it. Yeah, he wasn't doing his job correctly. Yeah. And so like now he's like got a vendetta against them. And so I totally understand why 
he's like, no, I just don't want him to see any of our cases anymore. I don't think we're going to have any fair outcomes, that sort of thing. Like, I could see him thinking that in this case. So, Hardy County Prosecutor C uh, reached out to former Circuit Judge Donald Cookman, who told him he should get all the information and take it to a judge in the next county over and the Office of the Disciplinary Council. Now, this is important because this is kind of what starts the process to what I'm going to touch on at the end, like when he goes in front of some judges about this. So Williams was basically told what was going on, like all these. He decided to report himself, which, in my opinion, seems to me like he just wanted to tell his side of the story instead of having others see all the evidence. Like he wanted to tell his story first. Like, I don't think that he was trying to do the right thing. I think he was just trying to be arrogant. Just try to get ahead of the situation. Yeah. Yes. So on July 15th, he goes to the Office of Disciplinary Counsel, and he explains that he was angry and admitted that he told Officer Johnson that he was the judge. But of course, he didn't mention how he tried to get the 2020 case reopened or how he tried to get Officer Johnson fired. So, of course, he open, he doesn't open up the can of worms. He's just like, oh, yeah, I reported myself, blah, blah, blah. But doesn't say, like, he goes on, like, a personal tirade against this poor officer. So, Chief Riggleman eventually writes William a ticket for using his cell phone. Because Officer Johnson had, which, granted, he didn't really have the option, didn't really have the time, um, So Chief Riggleman writes him a ticket for using his cell phone and having an expired license, and he mails it to him. And uh, Williams apparently had been on vacation at the time, so he didn't receive it until July 26th. But he does eventually get ticketed for this whole shebang. Good. Yeah. That's the least they could have done. Yeah, exactly. True. I'm going to get actually into those instances of him being pulled over in the past. Like was alluded to earlier, Officer Johnson did pull over Judge Williams back on January 20th of 2020 for running a stop sign. Williams, of course, identified himself as a judge at that time, but he wasn't like rude to him. And Officer Johnson did not give him a ticket at that point. In November of 2020, Corporal Eric Balbel, I'm sorry, I butchered that so bad. He noticed that Williams's license plates were expired, but he didn't turn him in or write him a ticket in November of 2020. The guy's driver's license is expired. License plates on his vehicle are expired. I, I don't, like, help yourself, my friend. Help yourself. Yeah. So in April of 2021, the corporal had noticed that he still hadn't got it fixed. So he ended up pulling the judge over. So if I remember right, when he noticed that they were expired before, it was, like, in the parking lot at, like, the courthouse or whatever. Okay. But when he actually noticed it hadn't been fixed, it was when the judge was actually driving. So he pulled Williams over, and he said, hey, I noticed a few months ago your place were expired. Like, they're still expired. Can you, like, get that taken care of? Um. He ended up not giving him a ticket then either, but, and this is a direct quote from the article, quote, did issue a warning since he was on a specific grant-funded detail and needed to demonstrate that he was actually working at the time, end quote. 
What so, the heck? Yeah. So basically, like, the judge was going to, like, get away with that, too. But the officer, or the corporal, wrote him a warning to, I guess, prove that he was on the clock. It, the warning, the paper warnings and all that, just kind of like legal paper trail. Like this person has been warned before, so if you get they pull them over again, don't give them another warning. Give them an actual ticket and all that because they've been warned. Right, but it, it didn't sound like he was even going to give him a warning either. The only reason he even did it is because he was on some sort of special duty. But not to discredit what you said, Casper, you're totally right. I'm just saying. Had it not been for him being on a specific detail, he wouldn't have even written the warning. It doesn't sound right. All right. Last couple here. Um, summer of 2019 or 2020. It's not really clear. That same corporal had stopped Williams during a click it or ticket campaign for not having a seatbelt on. Apparently, the corporal didn't recognize Williams, but don't you worry. Williams told him who he was. And of course, he didn't get a ticket then either. So... Finally, you would, you would think like, okay, so this guy has talked to him three different times now. You would think you would recognize him. Well, so I think based on the timeline, it sounds like he saw that the truck or the vehicle, I'm not sure if it was the truck or not. The vehicle had expired plates in November of 2020. And oh, okay. yeah, so but the article wrote it in this order, not necessarily chronological order. Gotcha. So, um, and then finally, sometime in April or May of 2021, they again had another click it or ticket campaign, and a state trooper, Benjamin Thorne, had pulled Williams over again for not having his seatbelt on, and state trooper Thorne didn't recognize him at first, and for once, Williams didn't identify himself, but when Thorne checked his license, he realized who it was, and he didn't write him a ticket because the trooper was basically like he didn't want to cause issues over a seatbelt, which, seeing how this guy reacted to his cell phone, I guess Thorne maybe had, a, had an idea of what might happen. But then he also admitted that Williams would be ruling on some felony cases that Thorne had brought to court, and he wanted to make sure he kept the judge happy. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. So, this case, this whole debacle over a freaking cell phone, uh, goes in front of the Judicial Hearing Board on February 23rd of 2022. So, here in a couple months. They'll go through those allegations I went through, hear all the evidence and stuff. As I had said before, basically his possible punishments are a fine, suspension, or even a loss of his law license. So the article said the Supreme Court of West Virginia would rule, and he's going in front of the Judicial Hearing Board now. So I don't know that what happened on February 23rd is actually like the end-all be-all. I think it may just be like the start of it, maybe. Um, again, I don't understand law. I don't understand courts at all, but that's just kind of my guess. So I think it's kind of like starting in February, so it'll be kind of developing, and eventually the Supreme Court will rule. Hmm. I like, vote for loss of license. Yeah. 
I mean, how many times in here did he admit that he was not doing his job? I mean, to me, that's the only logical choice, in my opinion, because he's clearly abusing his power, being very um, biased with what cases he tries, what he what charges he drops, that sort of thing. Well, not only that, I mean, he wasn't even following basic traffic laws. And these officers were afraid to give him any sort of ticket or anything because they got a case going up in front of him. Right. In my opinion, he seems pretty corrupt. So I think the really the only option, again, in my opinion, is to revoke his license. Because I feel like this instance, no matter really how they rule, I don't think it's going to change this guy's action. You know, it might it might change depending on if he loses his license and stuff. It might change. Like, he might actually start getting tickets, which would be nice. If nothing happened, he would keep doing this stuff. I don't know. That's just what it seems like to me. Well, I mean, he just, they just find him or suspend him or whatever the other two are. When he gets back or whatever, no way he's going to be unbiased on the bench. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, the job is this judge is going to be completely unbiased and just follow the written law, which obviously he can't do. Yes, exactly. And, and he can't, can't follow basic traffic stop or traffic um, laws. Right. And he's admitting that he's not even following that. So I don't, like you're saying, I don't see how you keep a guy on the bench who's admitting that he's not being unbiased. It'll be interesting. Um, so February 23rd, 2022, we'll see what happens. I, I'm very interested to see how this ends. I feel like I'm going to forget about it by then. And so I like, won't check in on it at all. Um, but I am very curious how this ends. So you should, you should set a reminder in your phone saying September, 2022, read up about this again. I should maybe on like the 24th or the 25th when they like actually post the article and I really hope that Brad um, the person who wrote this article I really hope that Brad uh, writes the story about this going in front of the hearing board because I'm telling like I've said multiple times this article was a masterpiece like (laughs) he threw so much shade (laughs) and like I just like I want to I want this guy to just keep following this case and writing more and more articles because he knocked it out of the park with this one. I enjoyed I enjoyed reading it. The situation itself pissed me off, but I did enjoy like reading it. Yeah. Brad, if you're listening, please keep us informed. <laughs> Brad, if you're listening, I hope I did you justice. Truly loved your article. Um Hope you're not. Hope you didn't think I butchered it because I tried to do it just. <laughs> but yeah, right. that is all I've got. That's right. pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That was interesting. I want to go off on a little. I have some notes, aftermath notes. Okay. Not really. Not really. It's just like two things. Um, I want. I just. I'm. I texted you guys the other day apparently i'm gonna stumble over everything i'm saying but we are super freaking thankful for the people that have 
started listening to her podcasts. Um, we have an estimated of like 22 followers, and that's that's kind of cool. Like we never thought nice. it would get too far. Yeah, and that's just estimated. I don't know if that's really true, but but we did hit California, the state of California. We have a listener there, and that's really exciting. Like that's awesome. I do know this guy personally, so I mean that's probably why we have a listener there. But still, hey, we're countrywide. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yes. So, um, shout out to all that. Thank you so much for following us. For I mean, we only have two episodes really in, but here we are with episode three, and hopefully, you keep going with us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like this, this started out as almost kind of a joke <laughs> like we didn't think we uh didn't think we were totally serious when we talked about wanting to do this but like I've just always had a dream of having a podcast even just for fun and the fact that we have that many listeners and uh the people are really supporting us and everything just really means a lot you know like getting to do this with two people I adore and talking about fun things like I seriously could not ask for more like I'm having a blast and I'm thankful for the success we're having but even if we had none I'd be happy so yes yeah I want to say also if you have noticed anything about our audio yes we know we are working on that but here's the thing we are all some broke ass bitches so until we can start making money off of this our audio is going to be what it is right now we are we are looking into something else, but that will be in the works later on. This is still successful. And also, once you guys start, add... start paying us, then we can get better sound quality. <laughs> yeah, if you want our Venmos, email us because I felt <laughs> class at gmail.com. We'll, we'll let you know what our Venmo handles are. Yes, yes. And speaking of that, also, if you go to any of these states that we mentioned and like try any of this food or do any of the festivals, or if you have a story of your own, Caitlin can tell you where to hit us up at. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Fell Asleep Pods, and you can send us an email at because I fell asleep in class at gmail.com. So, yeah, please, if you have any stories, any feedback, even if you just want to say hi, like, we would be overjoyed if you reached out. So, if, if you have any suggestions of where, what we should talk about in the future states, too, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If there's something you want us to cover, let us know. Something we maybe not know about your state or other people don't know about your state, let us know. Yeah, and if there's any suggestions for food or drink, we would love that too because we're up to trying anything. And honestly, I just do a Google search of what the state, what kind of food it's known for. And if that's not right or if there's something better, let us know. All right. So, Thanks, guys. So speaking speaking of which, what is our next state, Tiff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it is Washington, the state of Washington. Ooh. Hey. Yes, so we're kind of going back and forth now. But um, the, oh yeah, so the state of Washington is still seafood. So I'm going to do something that revolves around salmon. Okay. Um, if you guys wanted to do something else, you totally could. Um, 
they had these salmon sandwiches that looked really good. It like was the first thing that popped up. So I'm going to try to check that out. They were like breaded salmon. So, hmm. okay. Yeah. And then you guys can let us know what you're going to do next time. Um, and then the drink, I had two different ones, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the obvious. The Have you guys ever heard of um, the Washington Apple? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to try that drink out. And it is alcoholic, alcoholic, but they had a non-alcoholic version as well. So We'll have to find it. Yeah. One of each. There you go. So that's all I got. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we hope you didn't fall asleep in class.